Hi, and welcome to Straight Shot Radio. My name is Johnny Slick, and I'm the founder and head coach at Straight Shot Training. Today, we're going to get into heart rate-based training. Now, there are entire studios dedicated to this style of training nowadays. It's a fitness trend that's really sweeping boutique gyms especially, but now even big gyms are getting in on the action. And this is the type of workout where you're wearing some type of heart rate monitor. It's typically a circuit-based class. There's big screens up on the walls that show what your heart rate is. You see different people's names. You get points associated with the amount of time that you spend in certain heart rate zones. It becomes competitive. And it's, it's a way that a lot of people are finding a way to enjoy workouts with a competitive atmosphere different than maybe just measuring how many reps you're doing or how fast you complete a workout, maybe from like the CrossFit model of competitive fitness. Now we're adding in this biometric of heart rate into the competition side of fitness and a lot of people really like it. And so I just wanted to go over a little bit of the basics of how it works how heart rate based training works, how I've used it in the past, and then how it's currently being used, and then the pros and cons of this. So heart rate based training is exactly that. You're measuring your heart rate using some type of monitor. Most of the time it's the chest strap ones. Those are much more accurate than the ones that go on your wrist. If you're considering buying one, if, if you really want accuracy, you're better off with the chest strap ones. And it's measuring your beats per minute, how many times your heart is beating per minute. Well, the training zones that this that heart rate-based training is, is based around is that your body has a maximum heart rate. And we can estimate that using different equations. You're going to be working at a percentage of your maximum heart rate. So, uh, and I'll really quick just throw out just one of the random equations. So 220, 220 minus your age gives you an estimated maximum heart rate. That's really not accurate. It's just a rough estimation. 220 minus your age multiplied times a percentage. So 0.60 or 60% of your max heart rate would be something that you could sustain for like a longer run or a jog, something low level aerobic exercise, aerobic meaning with oxygen. 0.85.9 times your estimated max heart rate would be the higher end of your heart rate training zone where you would be doing this for short efforts, maybe a sprinting session. These are the sprint portion of your training sessions that not that you would not want to keep your heart rate at 90% the entire time for your sprints. You would get it up to 90% and then bring it back down to 60% or 70% and then get it back up to 85 and then back down. So you can use the higher ends of your heart rate training range for short bursts. This would be your anaerobic exercise or anaerobic means without the presence of oxygen. You can't sustain that for that long. So that, that 220 minus your age is just a really, really rough estimate. A better one would be 220 minus your age minus your resting heart rate multiplied times whatever level of that training zone you want to train in. Maybe it's 0.75. You want to train at 75% of your heart rate maximum, uh, you would multiply that times that new number and then add your resting heart rate back in and that's gonna give you a better number. So again, 220 minus your age, minus your resting heart rate, multiplied times desired intensity, plus resting heart rate equals the level of work you should be at. 
and honestly, if you ever want me to do that, seriously, just send me your resting heart rate and your age to Johnny, J-O-N-N-Y, at straightshottraining.com. I'd be happy to do, do it for you. It, it takes a second. I had to do this so many times in school. So that's heart rate-based training. Y- you have these zones that we know for most people that you you really get into that aerobic performance zone when you get into you know, the, the 60s and the 70%. Once you get above that, when you get into like 80 or high 70s, low 80s into 90%, that's when your body is, is at that anaerobic point where you're, oxygen, you're exercising without the presence of oxygen. Again, these are really just rough estimations based on um, just general population uh, of, of healthy people. So if you are, and there's a quick disclaimer, if you're on any type of medications that might lower your heart rate, or if you're on blood pressure medication, it totally changes all these numbers. So definitely something you want to talk to your doctor with. So that's the basics of heart rate-based training. And it's nothing new. It's been around for a really long time. It originally was used for people who were training to compete in cardiovascular-type competitions. So triathletes, runners, cyclists, um, even swimmers. Uh, uh, I know it was used in um, the training portions of uh, boxers and... uh, track and field athletes and, and even, you know, some field athletes, you know, football players and and uh, field hockey players and soccer players, they'll use it in training because with the metric of your heart rate, you can get instant feedback on how hard you're working. So it goes beyond just how are you feeling. It actually tells you exactly how hard you're working. So in your training, if you know that if you're constantly, you know, up at like 85%, over the course of a week, that's going to add up. It's going to be a lot of stress. Your heart's a muscle. It's just, just, it's a lot like the muscle to your body. It gets stronger the more you train it, but you can overtrain it. The same way if you did bicep curls every day throughout the course of the week, your biceps are going to be really tired by the end of the week, and you're not going to be able to curl as much at the end of the week as you were in the beginning of the week. So with heart rate-based training, you can have those days where you're operating at lower intensities and days where you're operating at higher intensities. And as cumulative stress builds up over the course of a week, by the end of the week, you're 70%. You might actually be running slower than you did at the beginning of the week, but you're still hitting that 70% marker because you, you've gotten tired over the course of the week, maybe you did some leg workouts and your legs are more tired, so your heart is pumping harder to try to help you perform the same you know, amount of work as you're covering that distance while you're running. So it gives you just another metric other than just using time or, or distance or, or any other metric that you use in your training uh, when you're running or cycling or something like that. So I used it back whenever I was running a lot of 5Ks and it actually helped me have my my all-time PRs in in 5Ks uh, was when I was using heart rate-based training because what I was able to do was I was able to figure out what is the highest level of my aerobic zone, meaning what is the, the hardest I can work while still getting in enough oxygen through my breathing and, and having it being supplied to my muscles. What is the hardest I can work before I get to the point of where I redline and I burn out and I can't run any faster? And what I did over time was I, I was able to get, once I got my heart rate to that point, I, I learned to get faster while keeping my heart rate at that point by, just, by doing intervals and hill sprints and all the, the typical things that you do when you're trying to get faster. So as my resting heart rate dropped because I was getting more cardiovascularly fit, I was able to push harder on those sprints. And that's how I, how I use cardiovas- the, uh, the heart rate-based training. 
I've I've used it a little bit in like circuits, uh, just playing around with it, and I didn't really care for it, probably because I didn't like seeing how high it was. Uh, this was a long, long time ago when I when I test when I tested it out. And uh, what I found, which is one of the, the cons that we'll talk about later, was I, I became kind of obsessed with, with the number because sometimes it would scare me if it was too high or I'd wonder why it was that low when I was working so much harder and I was just trying to get, get my heart rate to a certain zone. And after a while, I just kind of got tired of using it. And then now that I'm not running graces anymore, I, I don't use it. Now, if I were to just decide to compete in some type of, of event like a... A 5k or a half marathon or a marathon I can't imagine myself wanting to do that right now but um, if I wanted to do that I would probably go back to using um, a heart rate monitor in my training just because I think it's, it's so beneficial to give you that feedback to help you train so I like it being used like that now the way it's currently being used and I talked about in the beginning of this of this episode is this being used as a, this new almost like a like a fitness fad or a fitness gimmick um, and I want to use that term lightly because I, I think there's a, it's a good thing for people to understand how hard they're working and how they need to work harder. But if you work too hard, that is it's detrimental because then you can't recover at all. So I, I do think that it can be used um, to help people uh, figure out how hard to work and make sure that, that they're, they're not working too hard. But... The way it's currently being used is definitely a marketing strategy, this this heart rate-based training. So up until the past few years, can, people who were competitive about their fitness would do wads, like CrossFit-style wads, where they would try to get a certain number of reps in a certain amount of time or a certain amount of rounds in a certain amount of time that you had, or they would try to finish a workout as fast as they could. And it was this speed training because you wanted to just, you wanted to get finished as fast as you could, or you wanted to get more reps in than somebody else or more rounds into somebody else. Or, and that was, and that has carries its own issues as well, because you're just trying to move fast. Well, with heart rate based training, you do run into those, some of those same problems. Anytime you put a competitive piece on something that is also training, it gets muddied because training is not competing and that's one of the troubles i have with heart rate based uh workout programs or entire boutique studios based around heart rate based training is that it becomes competitive every time you come into the gym that's another episode that that i'll cover where i talk about every workout not being a competition but it that it is tough whenever it's being used um to try to to get points or you're being competitive because you want to try to get your heart rate into a certain zone for longer than the other people in your class or longer than you did last time, but that's really not how training works. If you're using heart rate-based training, it's great because you should make yourself work at lower levels some days and higher levels other days. Your body needs that recovery. So the way it's currently being used definitely is a motivator to people. And anything that motivates somebody to get into the gym and get moving is great. Uh, but there are some some drawbacks to it. So let's get into the pros and cons of heart rate based training. One of the pros of it is it helps you work hard enough, but not too hard. So when you're go- at, at one of these studios and you see your heart rate up on the board and the zones you're supposed to stay in, there might be a yellow zone, an orange zone, and a red zone. So you want to try to spend as much time in that orange zone as possible, which is one of the upper levels 
of your aerobic zone, maybe a little bit into your anaerobic zone, a point where you're, you're not gonna burn out and not be able to finish the circuit because you haven't redlined. If you go red, into the red, that means that you're working way too hard. If you're in the yellow the whole time, you're not working hard enough. So I think that's great. That's a great way to help people gauge um, how hard they're working. The only problem, here's the con on that, on that same, uh, the other side of that, that coin is, it becomes this obsession with, with your heart rate and this obsession with burning calories because that's the other thing is people know, oh, well, if I'm in this zone, I'm going to be burning so many calories. I want to stay, I want to get as many points in that zone as I can. And your gym time is spent on your heart rate and your calories. And there's less of an emphasis on the quality of your movement, slowing things down, getting the form of something because everything... Typically with me and my own training with people that I'm training, we don't talk about how many calories you're burning during your workout. I'll make you slow down and we'll figure out the form of something. That's just, I'm much more movement-based in my coaching than somebody who maybe maybe is more you know, weight loss oriented and is teaching a class that's heart rate based because they're trying to get people to burn as many calories as possible. I don't, I don't really, like to coach that way because I'm more interested in teaching you how to move effectively so that your that your low back doesn't hurt when you go to play with your kids outside and that your knees don't hurt when you are just sitting still and that your hips feel great when you squat so they can feel great when you're sitting in a car driving if, you're, if you have to drive a lot for work and that I want your uh, your shoulders to be healthy so that you can have better posture so that you can be more efficient while you're working and not have headaches because of way too tight of, of upper neck muscles from poor posture. So that's that's what I'm focused on. When it comes to heart rate based training, the focus is just on getting your heart rate up. And you could get your heart rate up and have really bad form and your heart rate would be higher into that optimal zone, quote unquote optimal zone. Your heart rate could be in that zone with crappy form, but if you slow down, then you might be in the yellow zone, but you might be using better form and actually getting better benefits when it comes to training your musculoskeletal system. So it's just one piece of training and I, and I don't think that it should be your sole piece of training. The same as I don't think you should just lift. I think you absolutely should get your heart rate up and do some cardio. But you also shouldn't just do cardio style lifting and think that it's as beneficial for you as traditional strength training is where you slow some things down. Another pro of heart rate based training though is that it gives you this feedback on how you feel versus how hard you're working. And I like this about heart rate based training because a lot of people think I'm working hard enough, this is good, and they're really not working hard enough because they, they haven't experienced what it really feels like to be out of breath for extended periods of time. Also, you could start feeling you know, pretty bad and have your heart rate in, an, in the uh, middle of the okay range and realize, oh, if I'm having this much trouble but my heart rate is still this low, maybe I'm not moving efficiently and maybe I need to get a little stronger because the cardio is not the issue, it's the strength is the issue. Um, so that is a way I guess that, that heart rate based training could, could have you, you know, focus a little bit on your strength training. But um, here's a little secret, being stronger makes you better at everything. So everybody just gets stronger and you'll, and you'll have an easier time in these heart rate classes. Uh, so it does give you good feedback on how you feel versus how, how hard you're working. The only problem is the con on that is you don't learn to actually just 
feel out how hard you're working. And how hard you're working and your heart rate, or how hard you think you're working and your heart rate aren't always going to match. And it might be different depending on different activities. A uh, heart rate of you know, 170 running versus a heart rate of 170 biking may feel very different on you and your body. So when it comes to, to that piece of heart rate based training, I'm always a fan of people being more in tune with their bodies. So whether you want to use heart rate based training to try to figure out, you know, matching how you feel versus how hard you're working, or if you just want to try to feel it out by, you know, during a workout, can you sustain the level that you're at for an extended period of time? If so, you're probably in your like aerobic zone. If you're doing a sprint or a circuit or something and you're at a point where you have to stop and take breaks, you're probably at the higher end of that heart rate zone. And you could even just check your pulse, you know, looking like finger on your uh, on your wrist or on your neck or something, count your pulse for six seconds and then add a zero to that. So your pulse times 10 will give you your estimated beats per minute. And you can get a quick glance at what your heart rate probably is. And you don't have to focus on your heart rate for the entire workout. So maybe that's a little, a little bit of a compromise there. Uh, the other pro of heart rate based training is that it does make each workout competitive. But one of the cons of heart rate based training is that it makes every workout competitive. And I'm not a fan of that. Your training sessions will not always look like competitions. Especially if you're training for a competition, you should not be competing every day in your comp- in your training. That's, that's not how you get stronger. It's not how you get faster. It's not how you get more explosive. It's not how you jump higher. It's not how you gain balance or mobility. You can't just compete every day. And that's probably my biggest problem with the whole studio atmosphere of heart rate-based training is that it does tend to make things too competitive where every workout people are trying to compete even if, it was, even if it's with themselves, I don't think that every workout that you walk into, you should be fighting yourself trying to beat what you did last time. So again, that's just, just my personal view as a coach and the people that I train that I've seen over the course of, of these you know, 12 years of working with people, that the people who are turning every workout into a competition, they get hurt more often, they don't see the progress that they should for how hard they're working out, they're under-recovered, they, they don't sleep enough, and they end up seeing over the over course of time, you know, actual fitness losses because of going so hard all the time and then seeing that they're able to lift less and their heart rate's getting higher at lower levels of work because they're overtrained, overtrained and under-recovered. And that's a classic sign of somebody who's a little bit too competitive in their training. So in conclusion, what, what do we do with heart rate-based training? I think a compromise. And I, I, I like that I always come back to this on every episode because I do like to see both sides of, of different things. And I do like anything that gets people to exercise. And I just think that there are drawbacks to certain types. I think the compromise here should be if you like heart rate based training, do it. Just don't make that your only method of training. If you want to go to a studio that does heart rate based training two times a week and then two times a week do just regular strength training and one time a week just do regular cardio if you're training five days a week or if you're training three days a week do you know one heart rate based studio and then two strength workouts um i would try to err on the side of of focusing on your strength um i wouldn't replace all of your strength 
with the heart rate based training. If you wanted to, you could replace all of your cardio with it. Uh, you just have to be careful because on if you're lifting and then the next day doing heart rate based training and then lifting and then heart rate based training, they're also going to have you be doing kettlebell swings and lunges and presses and things like that are also going to tax you muscularly. So uh, you would have to kind of play around with the schedule that works best for you. But absolutely, if you like it, go for it. Just find some type of compromise. That's not your only method of training. If this doesn't sound appealing to you and you see all of your friends doing it and they're talking about how much weight they've lost with it, just remember that weight loss happens in the kitchen and, and you can lose weight on any program. You could lose weight doing Pilates, you could lose weight doing yoga, you could lose weight doing strongman, you could lose weight doing powerlifting, gymnastics, CrossFit, heart rate based training, power walking, you name it. You can lose weight if you're focusing on your diet. So I wouldn't feel pressured into doing this if this does not seem like your thing. If you're not competitive with your working out, if you want to focus on your strength, if it just seems a little bit too intense for you and, and you think you have to work that hard in order to lose weight, you, you don't. You do have to work that hard if you want to see increases in your cardiovascular capacity or you do have to lift heavier weights if you want to see increases in your strength. But um, from a weight loss standpoint, you don't need to do it. So the compromise here is if you want to do it, do it. Just find a way to mix in some traditional strength training with that. And maybe try to find some ways to balance that out with some other cardio that's not going to be quite as competitive if you find that heart rate-based training in that class atmosphere is starting to stress you out a bit. Uh, and you can always tell cumulative stress if you are not sleeping well, if your heart rate is higher at lower levels of activity, if your resting heart rate is elevated, if you are constantly sore, those are all signs of overtraining. So I would just balance it out with what you're doing. Just make sure that you're not doing too much. Thank you so much for listening today. If you would like to learn more about what we do at Straight Shot Training, you can head over to the, to the new website. I'm so excited. I can't even speak correctly. It's straightshottraining.com right now. You can see a little bit about who we are, what we do, the programs we offer, how to get in touch with us. You can just send us a message directly there on the page. But coming soon is the rest of the site. We're going to have trainer bios and, and links to the podcast and blogs and all that fun stuff that we're working on in the background. But right now, we do have the smaller version of this site up. Head to straightshottraining.com to see everything that we do. If you have specific questions, about a program or how you can train with us, just send a message to Johnny, J-O-N-N-Y, at straightshottraining.com. Thank you so much for listening and have a great week, everybody.